Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, we have quite a bit of controversy involving Streamlabs stealing names and so, so much more. The Blizzard story continues to get much, much worse. Windows 11 is getting more aggressive as far as it's rolling out. And Apple possibly being pro repair. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, it's everybody right this, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. For those live, ignore the fact that we had a major technical difficulty. Uh, those of you who listen to the podcast, you have no idea except for the fact I just said it. But I'm very transparent like that. Unlike some of the uh, companies we're going to be talking about today, Blizzard and Streamlabs both um, very much being forced to being transparent. We actually have a special guest today for the first time in a long time. Mr. Seven Sins, who uh, currently, unfortunately, had to step away as we start up. But it does give me a, a good chance to quickly knock out some of the more mainstream tech urgent stories. Like, for starters, Windows 11 getting much, much more aggressive in its rollout of Windows 11. I might have said Windows 11 twice there, but it's irrelevant. Windows 11, for those who don't know, is the latest version of Windows, is of Windows, obviously, and it kind it's rolling out free for anyone that's on Windows 10 right now, which is all great and good, except for the fact that Windows 11 is a giant bug-filled mess. And when Windows 11 rolled out. We were hoping they learned from 10. They, we were hoping they would have learned that maybe, just maybe, shoving it down our throats is not the best thing to do. But lo and behold, the word's coming out. We're going to be just as aggressive about upgrading to Windows 11 as we were Windows 10. 7, I hear you are back. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Now, <laughs> th 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 this whole thing is, is, is a mess. It doesn't matter. Now, <laughs> now, real real quick, because we're just kind of being, we're winging it right now as far as the podcast go goes, as far as introductions. Uh, Seven, for those who don't know, is a longtime Twitch streamer from the Netherlands. He has actually speedrun many different RPGs, mainly focusing on Final Fantasy VII, and probably knows more about that game than any of the developers that actually made the game in the first place. It is actually I, okay. I, I, I probably not, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we said probably. Right. We have no way to prove this. <laughs> but I digress. And let's put it this way. Would you upgrade, say, your streaming PC, your main production system to Windows 11? No. I, I don't think anyone would. But what, if something on, say, like your gaming PC as an experiment. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I've, I've experimented with Windows upgrades in the past. They, uh... <sighs> 
no, just, just, just no, no. I do not want to be ahead of the curve again and then have to like struggle with drivers for two months, just trying to get my graphics card to work. Forget about it. Exactly. So why be this aggressive again? Everyone hated this the first time with Windows 10. And then on top of that, everyone then started hating it further and further along as Windows 10 just started bricking virtual sound devices and graphic cards and graphic cards and other drivers. So why be this aggressive again with Windows 11? It's like Microsoft just decided, you know what? Learning lessons is for suckers. And thus, here we are again, repeating history and also failing probably the thing we've all learned in middle school history. Those who failed to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. At least the benefit with Windows 11, unless you have the latest, most cutting edge computer out there, most likely you're ineligible for a Windows 11 upgrade anyway. I mean, you're, you're required to have a trusted platform module 2.0, a Ryzen CPU of second generation or newer, and a, which is it, eighth or ninth gen Intel series? It's, it's ridiculous. At least I can confidently know that I don't have to worry about my scrapyard system here ever being forced to upgrade. The rest of you, however... Keep a very close eye on those Windows updates. I'm telling you, one day, this is just going to force install it like it did with Windows 10, and it's just going to be a bad time. I mean, that's how most of us got Windows 10, right? <laughs> just about. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of not learning from history, YouTube is still moving forward with the dislike button... I'll call it a muting rollout where they have decided that the dislike button will still be there, but you have no way to know how many dislikes there are. To me on the bright side, the YouTube rewind from 2018 is super popular. It has 10,000 likes. And who knows how many dislikes. But at the same time, this is just still muting a lot of information that is very valuable at a glance. And I still stand by what I said last week, that although YouTube's argument saying that most platforms don't even have a dislike button, I would argue many platforms would benefit from a dislike button. Once again, go on Twitch right now. Go search a directory. And then go ahead and at a glance, tell me which streamer is worth watching and which one isn't. Mm. Now, granted, a system like that could easily be abused. You'd have to go ahead and think about it, possibly having likes and dislikes roll off after a certain amount of time. But more platforms could benefit from something like that, but instead the one platform that does have it that could actually use this kind of metric to filter out what is, you know, quality content and what is one guy going ahead and firing up OBS one day and just having a ca uh, capture and that's it with no mic 
How would you know? Or worse, having a tin can and yarn hooked up to the, uh, to the microphone jack. Well, the YouTube co-founder, Jod Carmen, which if it weren't for the fact that I Googled ahead of time to make sure that actually is the co-founder's name, I would assume is some sort of amazing pseudonym, has come out publicly and said that the public dislike button display being deleted is the worst decision that YouTube could possibly make. Now, I've seen a lot of arguments going back and forth. Um, Seven, what do you think about the dislike display kind of vanishing? I think it's important for the format that the uh, the dislike button is there for YouTube, especially because, you know, you're disliking a video, not necessarily a content creator or whoever made the video. And there's just a lot of trash on YouTube. Like, it's, it's just how it is. You know, there's a lot of static content. You want to know what you're watching. And in general, the likes, dislikes have usually portrayed a bit of an accurate image on like, is this worth watching? Yes or no. And if you see a lot of dislikes, you dive into the comments especially on tutorials, you know, it's like, oh, hey, this has 100 dislikes, but it only has 30 likes. What's up? And then it turns out it's some ad. That actually, so, yeah, is, I, that actually is a very good point as far as, the, as far as the tutorials go. The tech community in general has been very, very forward and very vocal about the fact that a lot of bad how-to repair guides out there do exist. And the fact you could just at a glance just tell oh hey it's a bad guide rather than oh hey i followed this guide and now my iphone screen is completely dead now i have to put down 300 dollars in order to buy this device this guy was using all the time throughout the entire video to fix but i had to watch seven minutes of it before getting to that point we're actually another great example i didn't even think about this and i feel bad about it um there's a youtuber out there called um captain disillusion that goes out and debunks a ton of videos trying to go ahead and sell something as being real. And in the end, it's just all very badly done CGI. Like one wow. that actually went really viral was a twin, a twin cop copter modification to a smartphone. And the whole thing was just fake. It was just a guy having a phone on a, on a stick and he was just masking out the stick. But, <laughs> but, but down in the link, guess what was there? Amazon affiliate links to go ahead and quote, build your own TM. Stick not included, unfortunately. Or Adobe After Effects to delete the stick. So in something like that, yeah. I'm really disappointed to see YouTube kind of doubling down on this. Hopefully YouTube comes around. Hopefully YouTube decides to actually listen. If you kind of look at a lot of other outlets right now, listening to your user base is kind of important. Oh, I think they will. I, I, I hope so. I really do. Speaking of listening to their creator base, let's talk about Streamlabs. Streamlabs, for those who do not know, is a... They started as an alerts platform which means that if you're watching live content, which ours right now are, dis are disabled, there are alerts that will play if someone interacts with the stream in a certain way. If you say 
subscri subscribe, if you follow, if you cheer or donate or whatever, an, an alert will pop up on the screen, play a little sound effect, play an anim animation, all depending on how it's all set up. And Streamlabs was basically the default stand or the de facto standard for this kind of system. Back then they were called Twitch alerts. Well, as Streamlabs kind of evolved, they began encompassing other features, such as a wheel spin mechanic or a cup that would collect all of your follows, subs, and whatnots, and then absolutely destroy your CPU, trying to render everything splashing out of the cup or your on-screen chat. And then eventually, they just straight up made a broadcasting software that was forked off the open source OBS platform. And well, longtime users of Streamlabs, like myself, kind of noticed their, a lot of the features they ended up adding kind of seemed similar to other ones that already existed. And there was always kind of this air of something doesn't feel right, but you're in the system already. You might as well just embrace it. Just everything's fine. This is fine. And then of course, Logitech bought them, another company that refuses to innovate. I'm looking at you, Logitech C920 camera I'm staring at that still blows out my cheeks. Grr. And well, when you have one company that refuses to innovate being bought by another company that refuses to innovate, guess how much innovation happens? Turns out it's zero. And then things got worse because Twitch partnered with Streamlabs to launch a piece of software called Streamlabs Studio, which is a cloud-based basically streaming machine from your console and only your console. You just stream up your camera footage, your mic and your game footage. And then in the mysterious place known as the cloud, everything is then stitched together along with your alerts and no need for a, for a giant computer that you went ahead and salvaged from a off lease lot that you bought for a hundred bucks. No need for any of that. It's all just done, plain as simple. But here's the thing. Someone already did this. Their name is Lightstream. In fact, they're a company I actually talked to back when we were allowed to go outside in 2019. And well, when Streamlabs launched their uh, landing page for it, it was 90% um, copied from Lightstream including the reviews. So everyone kind of pointed that out after Lightstream did. But you know what the best part was? Streamlabs answer. Streamlabs answer to this was quite possibly the worst possible thing they could say. Their apology straight up says, and I quote, we made a mistake. Text on the landing page was a placeholder text that went into production by error. This is our fault. We removed the text as soon as we found out. Our intended version is now live. 
Lightstream team is great, and we've reached out directly to them to apologize. So internally, you copied them? That is a shocking admission. That just straight up internally, we're not just gonna go ahead and make a product similar. We're just gonna straight up copy pasta their stuff, put it into our page and then change it later. By the way, the new page that is up is still, instead of being 90% the same, now about 50% the same. Also their pricing model is also exactly the same. <laughs> Seven, any thoughts? I, I, I'm sorry. I was actually just, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had to log in on their on their site because obviously I'm gonna make the switch myself. And I, I, I found out just now that they've promoted me to someone that has an average concurrent viewership of 1,600 people, ergo a diamond partner. And that makes you wonder, first of all, I've never, you know, I, I don't have 1600 CCV. That's, that's hilarious. But it makes you wonder, like, hey, what's going on behind the scenes right now? Because <laughs> I think they're trying really hard to keep some of us on board. And obviously, I'm jumping ship, you know. That's, I'm not staying with them. I, I, I know back in the day when uh, when I got my sub button as uh, amongst the, 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 the first year of partners, everything and and subscription and alerts and whatnot we're all done through twitch alerts and we've just been grandfathered in from one system to the other which would end up becoming Streamlabs. and ever since that point you always did notice like hey this 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 feature it looks familiar haven't i seen that on some other thing it was like uh, initially the the muxy bit cup and whatnot yeah i always thought that okay you know they're just throwing some money against it they're they're acquiring the um uh, the 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 license for it people are getting paid no problem it's all good until ankbot happened and everything in between obviously which basically was nothing more than a buyout let's uh, let us use your system and rebrand it and uh you know all the data that is already being processed everywhere it's now ours you know so we can fire our ad cannons and whatnot and our marketing strategies at it because it's usually just data gathering and selling it my and uh yeah sorry honestly what happened with onkbot really does sadden me and i say that as someone who unfortunately because i didn't take my streaming career with 28 quotation marks around it seriously when i first started i never really got into onkbot and i and after streamlabs bought them it's just like wow i really wish i did because this was everything i wanted and they were actively updating it onkbot right now has not been up right like right now all onkbot is is the giant titan it was with its legs and and hands hogtied behind their back and the streamlabs mass just like super glued to their face they can't do anything and in fact and i've joked about this on stream quite a lot the actual chat display in onkbot tm hasn't even been updated for modern emotes any any emote that's been updated since i want to say early 2020 
displays incorrectly, either as the wrong emote or a broken JPEG in general. Yeah. And, yep. And what slays me even more is that it's transparent what they did. They bought Ankbot just to make their own cloud bot. And the cloud bot is still to this day less capable than Ankbot. They bought Ankbot, gutted it, but let let left the corpse out there for us to use, made their own bot, which is still worse, and then never updated that bot either. It's mind-blowing. And I feel bad because that should have been my wake-up call. That should have been my wake-up call to jump ship there. But no, I needed this slap in the face to go ahead and switch over. Uh, by the way, for- yeah, I, I, for me, it wasn't really a wake-up call as it was. So I was already like um, uh, communicating with the creator of the bot, Ankhart. And, you know, I, I knew his situation and I was like, dude, I'm actually really happy for him because he, he couldn't say how much he made. But, you know, you, you know, he at least made a decent amount of money. Yeah. And I, w- I was just I was just happy about that, you know, like, OK, well, you can just hand it over because there were a lot of people that were just making demands because Agba, Agba got so popular that pretty much everyone, you know, started leaning towards it. And that support vector that they had, it was just like, uh, you know, you know, the, the average end user can be a little bit more demanding than they they have a right to, especially when it's a passion project and whatnot. I don't know and what you're talking about, says my inbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the stuff that he had to deal with, I just felt so bad for the guy, and it was just getting tired of it and whatnot. So, you know, he got he got paid. So I, I was like, okay, well, this is good. You know, we'll see what rolls out with Streamlabs at that point. I wasn't really wary of them or anything, because I, I, I always went in with like, okay, they got the best intentions down. They're making sure people are getting paid. And honestly, I I should have seen some red flags when I had interactions with them when uh, they, they, they came up with this, like this custom alert system, whatever. And they were testing it. And I, I ran into some issues and they came into my stream. I it was, uh, uh, who was the guy? I forgot his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And he started throwing bits at me, like from the company account and like <laughs> actual bits. You know, it's not like, okay, here's a hundred bits just to test your alerts. No, it was just like, like, legitimate amounts of like okay wait what and i was just kind of weird at that point it's like it's, th- this shouldn't happen but yeah i uh I'm, I'm glad that everything that happened did happen and everything is surfacing as well because apparently they have been well uh, i don't know yeah there, or, there's, or, there's no proper words for it but they are so they've been they've been uh, uh extorting pretty much their their workers oh it's, yeah it's oh yeah bad. oh yeah we're, we're not done with uh the horror stories uh, for for clarification, for the, for those who don't know, because I know we do broadcast to um people who are not savvy in the in the way of the live streaming world on Twitch. One of the ways that you can support a content creator is by purchasing what's called bits and doing something called cheering, where you use those bits in a message, and that constitutes a direct contribution to the streamer. Exactly one U.S. cent per bit. So to actually throw out real bits, it's not just, it, it actually is like costing legit money. Yep. It wasn't like a test alert or anything. This is like, uh, I, I think it ended up being like a few hundred dollars. 
the only experience I can have with that, and they they just kind of went way out of nowhere, was there was one time I was having trouble with my alerts. Not my alerts are they're they're a custom template I bought, and then I tweaked it further. So they've always been kind of a mess. My my transition off Streamlabs has been an absolute nightmare. Anyone else who's transitioning from Streamlabs to Stream Elements is pretty much like the default place to go right now since it's the number two. They have a tool and most likely all your alerts will transfer like that. It'll be instant and painless. In my case, it's not. But um, I remember one day I had a problem and none of my alerts were... They were displaying off sync. The audio and the animation were off sync with each other. And I in, I put in a trouble ticket... And then out of nowhere, in the middle of the stream, because I thought, oh, they'll just get to it, you know, whenever. All of a sudden, my alerts just start going off at random. Oh, I've had that before. They'll be just testing it on the back end. Yeah. <laughs> just like out of nowhere, like some of my biggest alerts start going off, and I'm just like, what is going on? But none of the animations were playing, and it didn't show up on my list at all. It was just like my, my broadcasting software was just haunted. Yep. Uh, but of course, that's very minor compared to Streamlabs, pretty much their biggest moneymaker. And that is the much more appropriately named now in hindsight, Streamlabs OBS, or as we're going to call it from now on, SLOBS, because it that's what the acronym is. And it makes me smile now that we know how messy it is. Now, I, I don't know. Have you ever tried uh, Streamlabs OBS? I have when it came out and I immediately deleted it about three seconds later. All right. So your experience is pretty much, pretty much the same as mine. They, they promised resource saving. You saw no resource saving and everything felt sluggish and you're just like, I'm out by. Yep. Plus so paywalled. They, they had the theme system, whatever you had to get Streamlabs prime or whatnot. And if you click on it, you were subscribed and uh, you're down 120 bucks or something. <laughs> so that wasn't out when I tried it. But I also admit when Streamlabs OBS first launched, I was very, very young in my streaming career. So I wasn't like, it wasn't like now where it's just like, I can't imagine running my stream without o OBS Studio. I just can't. I've always been like that. I only, I only got it when, uh, I think it was at a, what was it? It was like a local event here when we still had events and Twitch was present and they had a, uh, uh, I think it was one of the representatives of Streamlabs. And they were showing off the Streamlabs OBS on the system. It was like, okay, you know, these graphics and everything, they look kind of fancy. Uh, our art's expensive. And they had animations and everything going. And I was like, okay, well, this could be cool. And then I tried it. And then I uninstalled it. Yeah. I mean, the what really helped anyone who contemplated Streamlabs OBS before to just drop it is either A the shop and feeling like that was just intolerable. When it first launched, that shop wasn't there. Streamlabs Prime wasn't there yet. And it, it's obvious now that Streamlabs Prime is the end goal of Streamlabs to get that 120 a year or month or whatever the heck it is. It's irrelevant because it I'm not even going to give Streamlabs a, a dollar a year at this point. But it, it's clear now that the whole point of Streamlabs OBS is to get people to use it and then have the store in their face. And to make matters even worse, 
I'd say it's safe to say most of us in the streaming space assumed that Streamlabs and the people behind the open broadcast software collaborated to make Streamlabs OBS. Yeah, if you don't know any better, they're doing nothing to dispel that illusion. It's extremely scummy. And it turns out, you know, after Lightstream went ahead and aired their story, OBS came out and said, hey, by the way, when Slobs was being launched, they asked us if, the, if they could use the OBS name, and we asked them not to, and then Streamlabs did it anyway. And then followed up by trying to file a trademark on the open broadcast software. Which is already bad enough, and fortunately Streamlabs did not get that trademark. But the scumminess doesn't end there. Streamlabs then went ahead and made a massive ad buy on Google, so that if you went ahead and tried to Google, and I actually can say I saw this firsthand, and for whatever reason, my brain didn't put two and two together at the time, if you were to Google up OBS or OBS Studio, Streamlabs OBS or Slobs would be the first thing that comes up every single time. So the whole goal from the get-go was to confuse as many people as possible as to think Streamlabs OBS is just OBS, just with a cleaner faceplate on it. Needless to say, this whole controversy has caused, as we said before, many, many streamers, both smaller and bigger than me and Seven here, <laughs> to uh, abandon ship. Yep. Now, at, at the time right now, unfortunately, there really are only, as far as I can count, I will say three and a half alert systems out there. There's Streamlabs, which if you're still on board with them after hearing all this, I can't help you. There's Stream Elements, which there's a bit of a learning curve, but once you learn it, it is a very solid platform. There is Rainmaker, which is a brand new one that's just kind of coming out and trying to get a foothold and is still maturing. And then there's the half. There's Latch Tools. Oh. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, go on. <laughs> Latch Tools, unfortunately, is kind of on life support right now, unfortunately, as much as we don't want to say it, because it's a Flash-based alert system. Yeah, and it's managed by one guy. Great guy, though. He is pretty cool people. Like, we cannot fault Latch for trying to keep the project alive. I actually thought that... I thought when when uh, Flash was no longer supported on OBS, on any form of OBS, that Latch Tools was dead. You want to know how he's kept it alive? Subscriptions. I'm subscribed, actually, for the giveaway tool. Well, there's that. But the way the alert system still works, because there is no Flash built into OBS, is Latch Tools launches now with a green screen behind the actual tool. 
and you just point your browser source at the green screen. And the green screen has flash on it. It's 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 a solution. It works. It, it, it works. It does work. I have, in fact, used it like that. And I was. I got to give the guy credit. He's not going down without a fight. Now, back to Streamlabs in this regard. There's also a lot of various stories behind the scenes about some former employees also say, saying that uh, conditions are uh, suboptimal and there are very unethical business practices, according to Gaming Careers, who has been doing a lot of the... Gr actually, I'm, I should take that back. This is actually according to, I assume, a former employee. Well, they're not really say, not really saying, but needless to say, things are looking worse and worse and worse for Streamlabs. And although obviously Streamlabs and Logitech lose out in all this, I can't imagine this looks good for Twitch either. Who just signed a partnership with Streamlabs. And then all this finally bursts through the dam. I don't think it matters too much because at the end of the day, Twitch doesn't really sign a partnership with Streamlabs as much as they sign with Logitech. That's true. So honestly, I don't think we're going to have to be too worried. I think they'll, they'll, if, if they do the right thing, they'll make the switch hopefully to light stream entirely, but you know, there's contracts in place so they can't just like <laughs> up and leave and just give Streamlabs even more tools to fight back with. And, and make a bunch of money before they go down with the ship, but at least have a, a few bags of money to take along with them. There is one thing that Lightstream has an advantage with that the Streamlabs studio doesn't. And considering Streamlabs' track record of just making the thing, saying it works, and then walking away and not caring about how much duct tape it took to keep it together, the Streamlabs studio software only supports Xbox. So say if you Aww. so if you use say a PlayStation, which by the way has a whole lot of exclusives that the Xbox doesn't, just saying, or the Switch, which is the king of exclusives, Lightstream is still the far superior choice to go. And the price is the same because Streamlabs copied that. Though, of course, I also still stand behind the far better way to go is find a good used computer, get a capture card, and just do it the right way where you have 100% for the control rather than paying out, you know, $55 a year. I'd say that, but of course, we're in a massive chip shortage where there are giant truck heists for graphic cards oh why is 2021 just the second craziest year you think we're done no i mean 2022 is just around the corner or as other people want to say uh 2020.1 and then 2020.2 pretty much it, it it just never ends 
We're going to take our first break here and we come back. We're going to address the biggest elephant in the lineup today. Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. Eagle Falcon. Join with join with me again. Seven Sins. You can find him at twitch.tv slash seven S. The number one N S. The number one is important. I don't know what rando you're gonna get if you type it in with only letters. Not but, me, that's for sure. By the by, by the by, since this is probably gonna be the last segment we we ha- have you for, uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, 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 hi. <laughs> we, we, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm video guy, game, play, and, and do podcast tech eagle. Good job. Seven actually does have a major event coming up. He does this yearly, a race through the entire Final Fantasy series with, All right, right, yeah, right, right now, pretty much it's, gonna be for the foreseeable future you and west coast street streamer background guy zero two yeah don't type zero one you'll you'll get someone else i actually forgot who took that name i used to know but uh this but the whole thing with the race is although they're both speedrunners, they go through and make sure that they cannot run which that right off the bat, you think, oh, that's no big deal. You would be stunned how much speedrun tech is absolutely slaughtered by denying the ability to run. And then, About of course, 80% of it. And then, <laughs> on, top, the then on top of that, you just eliminate the other, what, 19% by just saying, oh, by the way, no glitches. Yep. And every year, they also have a slew of incentives and challenges that range from that's pretty interesting to holy cow you guys are lunatics by the way seven you are a lunatic thank you i'll take that as a compliment penance yeah Yeah, people have been like kind of bugging us for that one for like ah yeah it's been seven years soon so seven years yeah just about yeah dark aeons and penance and every time it was like well can't do it because that's a pal thing and you know bgg is located in the u.s you got your ntsc stuff and then we're like we all we could do it on ps4 but well we don't really feel like doing it right this year because then we had yazmat then we had that super boss and then we had that that super boss we were like okay kind of don't really want to do penance but it's the most logical one to do kind of do want to do it let's do it so and uh yeah we both signed off on it so for those who want a little bit of context and don't know um the ins and outs of final fantasy the mainline series has pretty much yasmat is a super boss in final fantasy 12 that is notorious for being the period longest period boss fight period ever period ranging in anywhere between i'd say 55 minutes to seven days <laughs> let's 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 say it takes the experienced player 
uh, four hours ish. Oh jeez, that's actually worse than I actually thought it was. Penance, experience, ex experience player. Emphasis on that one. Penance, on the other hand, while the fight itself is not as long, it's harder. And it requires about 100 hours of preparation time, whereas Yasmat, you kind of can just steamroll in if you do all the hunts. Yeah. Penance pretty much requires the most amount of prep work to be ready for it outside of, say, an MMO. It's oh, yeah. Easily, oh, yeah. by far. So that is going to be absolutely fascinating to check out. And again, you can ca catch that. Their first day is November the 31st is their day zero prep day. That'll be live at twitch.tv slash seven sins spelled S the number one N S. And that would, the, be, uh, that would be November 30th. I can look at a calendar, I swear. Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes, November 30th. If you look for the 31st, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, you're going to have a better time because that's when the Fiesta actually kicks off. Or you found a fictional day. The, both. You'll also uh, you'll you'll also catch the other half at twitch.tv slash background guy, the number zero and the number two. And I, yeah, d d those those two places are gonna be the the key place to find it. They'll have other resources at those Twitch channels to get. Uh, you can more. check ffiesta.com if you. Oh, that is wanna... a want to have everything clustered sure all right I, it's it was supposed to be up i just checked it it's not up but it, it oh. will it will be up by the time that you hear this most likely yes <laughs> so that's everything with seven thank you again seven for jo joining me today let's go ahead and see which one of us can stay pg the longest covering this next topic act division blizzard so let's set up a little bit of history first. So for the most part, everything at Activision Blizzard seemed okay for the longest time. Games like World of Warcraft kind of didn't seem to generate a whole lot of new exciting content. Overwatch started becoming a bit stagnant as... um the update seemed more and more cash grabby and then overwatch 2 was announced which just looked like overwatch 1.1 diablo contemplated if you owned a phone or not while also teasing a real diablo game a year later starcraft is have they announced anything for starcraft in the last five years hmm not that I know, but that's kind of inherent to StarCraft, though. Yeah. There's All just... of a sudden, it'll be like, okay, bam, new game. All right. Heroes of the Storm is has just kind of in a holding pattern. We're not doing anything kind of state as they contemplate their lives. Hearthstone is, shockingly enough, the only game right now that is actually getting a healthy amount of updates. Oh, healthy on the side... Oh, is if there you some... don't mind me, uh, uh, oh, is there something I don't know? So I, 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 I was uh, pretty much a religious Hearthstone player. I've, I've played up until like a few days ago. What, what are they doing? They're currently pushing out so many microtransactions. Like I've never seen this many. 
and and one update after the other mini packs micro packs and and and, and i don't know all the events that you can imagine and it's like i've never seen this many updates and they all come at premium prices so it's not like you know here's a skin for a dollar or whatever no everything is marked up and and it's it's expensive and they 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 they're like shoving it down your throat pretty much as uh i don't know where this is coming from but i'm pretty damn sure it has everything to do with what we're going to be talking about so to, to clarify here, they pretty much just went the way of, like, every single super predatory mobile game just out of the blue. Pretty much. It's like they're trying to, 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 to grab onto the last dollars in your, in your wallet before the ship sinks. Yeah, about they that. They even released a cat mount on World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, man, the cat mount. They also released a, um, the first, um cosmetic transmog on on the site that actually is noti- noticeably looks much better and clearly has much more effort put into it than the class sets they're about to launch hmm so uh, i wonder why I've, i i don't know oh i i could tell you the reason if you really don't know <laughs> so that's the state of the games <laughs> looks pretty dreadful And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, the state of California announces that they're looking into Activision Blizzard for what they have called workplace abuse and frat boy behavior. Now, in defense of Blizzard at the time, this is the state of California. If you go ahead and fart near the city hall, there'll be an investigation launched against you. They are very aggressive when it comes to going after anyone who looks at them the wrong way. And then the instant you had any doubt, it is gone. As Activision then starts to double down on saying that this is outrageous while every single employee, it had to been like, 95% of the workforce just starts coming out with horror stories, including a woman that committed suicide over this. I'm going to spare the details, but, um, don't look up the details in pleasant company. They are some, it's graphic. It's shocking. And pretty much in an instant, what little goodwill Activision Blizzard had left One up in smoke. Between that and the state of World of Warcraft actually led to the migration of what those of us in the FF14 community have called the World of Warcraft refugee crisis. That pretty much didn't help it at all. Well, while Activision has been doing as much damage control as they possibly could, which... Yeah, there's only so much you can do besides saying, <laughs> what? No, that, that no happened. Anyway, look at Kat. <laughs> None of that is true. What? Wait, what? Us? No. No, it's not true no. at all. Come on. Nah. You know me. I wouldn't do that. <sighs> Basically, <sighs> eventually Blizzard, or Activision, actually, I should say, came out and said, we are shocked. Shocked that this behavior <laughs> went on at Blizzard. 
as though pretending that Blizzard is not half their name. I just want to remind that. But naive me decided at the time, you know, maybe that's the case. Maybe they are, maybe the giant company is constructed like a five-year-old trying to hide the cookie jar he stole. Maybe that is I mean, how Activision is, is structured. They've been, they've been acquired. When, when did Activision Bible? It was 2007, 2008. That's 13 years. Come on. Yeah, and Blizzard is still the sleeve of Oreos that, that the kid stole and hid under his bed. <laughs> but in case you were still under that, th that you somehow bought into that, I present to you this article from the Wall Street Journal. I have an excerpt here provided to the public via a, and I'm going to mispronounce this because I am running on a grand total of somewhere between one half and six hours of sleep. I'm not entirely Brianna certain. Brianna Wu. Thank you. Brianna Wu. The, art, the excerpt reads as follows. Over the years, Mr. Kotick himself has been accused by several women of mistreatment both inside and outside the workplace. In some instances, has worked to settle the complaints quickly and quietly, according to people familiar with the incidents and documents reviewed by the journal. In 2006, one of his assistants complained that he had harassed her, including by threatening in a voicemail to have her killed, according to people familiar with the matter. He sold the matter out of court, people said. The Activision spokeswoman said, Mr. Kotex quickly apologized 16 years ago for the obviously hyperbolic and inappropriate voicemail, and he has and he deeply regrets the exaggerated tone in his voicemail to this day. That is what the excerpt reads. However, Later on, Activision Blizzard, through another spokesperson, says that, quote, we are disappointed in the Wall Street Journal's report, which represents a misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO. Instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention were acted upon. The Wall Street Journal ignores the important changes underway to make this industry's most welcoming and inclusive workplace. I want you to remember that sentence right there, by the way, most welcoming and inclusive workplace. And it fails to account for the efforts of thousands of employees who work hard every day to live up to their and our values. The constant desire to be better has always set this company apart, which is why at Mr. Kotick's I'm sorry, direction, we have made significant improvements, including a zero-tolerance policy, also keep that word in mind, for inappropriate conduct. And it is why we are moving towards unwavering focus, speed, and resources to continue in every diversity across, or I'm sorry, to continue increasing diversity across our company and industry to ensure that every employee comes to work feeling valued, safe, respected, and inspired, we will not stop until we have the best workplace for our team. Uh, before I hand it over to you, Seven, because I can already hear you are seething at the mouth, I just want to point out, literally no one is talking about your diversity! 
Everyone yeah. is talking about the fact that you're groping each other without consent. This just seems like one of those statements for the sake of like releasing a statement that remotely looks like, hey, um, look over here. Don't look over there because everything over there is kind of right. But uh, we, we need you to look over here. Just ignore that thing that's happening over there. Because I imagine The Verge is uh, not like your, your, your local news outlet, right? No. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's 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 like one of those things that. <sighs> reading this, I I I do a lot of um. Uh uh uh, uh like like politically correct writing and in, in, in Dutch and whatnot, and when you read this, it has no substance. There's nothing in there that says a single thing, and it do- it doesn't address a single thing even. It's just like, hey, look at us. We have a zero tolerance policy and everybody loves working here. I don't know if this description is going to translate over across the pond, but here in the States, there used to be an old game you'd play on on like road trips called Mad Libs, where basically it would have a paragraph with a whole bunch of blanks in it. And it would just say under each blank, a noun, an adjective, a verb, and you just ask someone who has no idea what the paragraph is just to fill in the blanks with each one. And then you end up with, with a hilarious sentence that makes no sense. That's, that's what's, that's what this is pretty much. That's what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Mad Lib. <laughs> Except they just went ahead and just like, uh, what would make people not angry at us? Inclusive diversity. It's one of those, those, the, the key words that the, what, what do you call them? The buzzwords. It's like, oh, hey, they do value us or something. Like if you, if you, oh God, I wish people, you know, would see this. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be like feeling any sort of form of compassion or whatnot. It doesn't seem to be going down that way, by the way, because reputation at this point has been sufficiently smeared that it's not going to be very long before we do see him step down, hopefully. But now the question is, will the board follow? Because uh, that's apparently where the problem lies. Yeah, we're we're actually getting to, to that. The, um... There actually has been a walkout scheduled because one question further about their word salad of a response, Activision said that, quote, my article from Eurogamer is not loading, said, quote, that the zero tolerance policy does not apply to Bobby Kotick as he has not done any wrong. Can you say that to your company with a straight face? <laughs> Didn't the guy organize like literal, literal sex parties and everything for his own, like, you know, just to, to just to have people bond together? Like, excuse me? It's quite possible. What? To be perfectly honest, like the, the long list, and I'm telling you, it is a very long list of the accusations there's only you have to take it in doses. There's too much. This this way too much on it. It really was. There's also, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to confirm this for certain. But apparently, Kotick's name was also in Jeffrey Epstein's black book too, which is also some uh, that that's also some very yikes territory yeah. there. Yeah. But unfortunately, I'm unable to confirm that with enough sources to feel confident with running with it but at this point 
I would be shocked, but not surprised. Is it, is it even necessary to condemn the guy? <laughs> Just look at the stories that are coming out of the actual people that work with him. You don't, you don't, you don't need to see that that he is literally just a blight upon the whole thing. Uh, so employees have scheduled a walkout. It has come and gone, and unfortunately, has not. As far as I can tell, it's had no repercussions. But here's the thing with a walkout like that: you can't lose. If you're a Blizzard employee and you walk out, one of three things is going to happen. A, the board gives in and forces Bobby Kotick to resign, which is what you want. You want to get this cancer out as quickly as possible. B, you're fired and you are terminated from a company that is going downhill and you are and you are terminated as someone who tried to fight for for the betterment of the company, which is going to look amazing on your resume as you try to find another job, possibly with one of the other companies that were started by other Blizzard leads. Or C, which is the worst possible outcome, nothing. It was a win-win-win for the employees, and I, for one, do, and even though, you know, I'm I'm usually one that kind of calls out that sort of you can't lose on this sort of thing. In this case, it's absolutely 100% warranted. A thousand percent. But they already lost, though. They have. Now, with that said, actually, before before we actually get, get to what I was about to say, there's one other bit of amazement. Part of the change that happened at Activision Blizzard was the fact that J. Allen Brack, the previous leader of blizzard i actually forgot his actual position uh stepped down and was replaced by two leaders mike yabera and jen o'neill and it's exactly what blizzard needed to do they need to go ahead and show that we are willing to go ahead and have equal genders at the at the head of one of our flagship companies in fact the focus of this entire controversy but one of the controversies was in fact that pay was not equal across the board now there always can be little this and that's just like oh yeah we didn't pay this person that much but they're also a janitor but this is one of the few cases where there's not much of an excuse you can do for this unequal pay because it was exact same positions and the female employee who had more experience in the company was being paid less than the new hire. It made no sense. It was such a dumb, dumb decision. And in hindsight, it's no surprise the state of California looked into this sort of thing. Because it's blatant. But what's amazing, what is absolutely amazing is the fact that even though they want Blizzard did the right thing by putting in these two at the head, they paid Jen O'Neill less than Mike Yabera. The thing you are being sued for, and you do it again at the top level, no less. At the top level. So yeah. 
There's the real reason why Jen O'Neill stepped down. I even said there's probably more to this story than we know right now, and lo and behold, I was right. Not that that was really the hardest prediction in the world to make, but holy cow. How do you become so tone deaf that you don't even equalize the pay while you're being sued by the state and federal government for unequal pay? It's, it's staggering. What's even better, and actually someone in the chat just pointed this out, is that the two of them both, and I want to stress this, both Mike and Jen went to, went, to the, went to the board of Activision and said, we should be paid equal. This makes no sense. And they said no until Jen said, I'm done, I'm out. And then they're like, oh no, we'll pay you equal. Really? Really? Now? Now you're going to go ahead and... Bye. Just when you think that Activision Blizzard had a prayer, underline, just, just a hint, a smidge of just doing the right thing. They just go ahead and instead decide to pull out a shotgun and just point it straight at their foot. Well, at the rate they're going, they might as well just upgrade to, a, to an entire rocket launcher. And that's pretty much everything on Activision Blizzard's end. Unless there's something I missed, which I'm not going to lie, is very possible because this week was just an avalanche of you can't make this up and it's now getting to the point where jim ryan of playstation said that we are quote disheartened and frankly stunned by this week's news and we do not believe their statement of response properly addressed the situation and they are going to be reevaluating their relationship with Activision Blizzard. Now, in fairness, in fairness, I mean, that's there's not really a whole lot that Activision Blizzard provides to PlayStation. When you think PlayStation, you think of a lot of JRPGs, you think of a lot a lot of import, you think of the PlayStation exclusives like God of War and whatnot. Most of the games that Activision Blizzard provides, you see on the Xbox or the PC. Fortunately, Xbox's Phil Spencer echoed a very similar message to Who do you want to send it to? Please, please shut up, Echo. I apologize for my Echo device deciding to pipe in there. But Xbox has shared a very similar message shortly after Sony shared theirs, that they're going to be reevaluating all aspects of their relationship. Now you're thinking, oh, who cares? It's just, it, it's, it's what? Overwatch, that's all Blizzard provides to, uh, to the Xbox. Maybe Diablo if you're in a pinch, even though Diablo is doubling down on phones. We're forgetting the Activision word in all this. 
Call of Duty might as well be an Xbox exclusive with how popular it is on the platform. That could be a big, big blow to Activision Blizzard. Oh, man. So that is the update to what's going on. And I want to restate, as we said earlier, while this massive, underlying, massive PR nightmare is going on, the games that Activision Blizzard are suffering. Oh, I just remembered. I completely forgot about the fact that shareholders are also calling for Bobby Kotick to step down. Unfortunately, the shareholders that are calling for it do not represent the majority of the shareholders yet. But with the stock price of Activision right now, it is, um, it's not looking good for Mr. Kotick. As of this time, the Activision stock price is... Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. Over the past one month, um... It's, it's down a good uh, 15% <laughs> and trending and, and the further, rest, tw further down. 15% of the rest. <laughs> the graph itself is actually fascinating. Because you can see exactly when the, the lawsuit was first filed, when it just dropped from $77.67 all the way down to $66.75 in one day per share and then it just kind of fluctuate up and down and start going back up and then it's just a massive steep curve further and further and further down oh interestingly, hey interestingly this happens after their stock has peaked at an all-time high which was in uh i believe somewhere around february i believe um in, in the earlier part of the let year let me actually take a look here uh, Jan June 4th. Well, let me actually put year to date. There's June 14th. Yeah, February 12th was when it peaked at $103. That was the peak stock price over the course of the entire existence of Activision. Yep. I'm looking at the past five years, and yeah, that is in fact their peak. And it, it's currently the stock price is not at its lowest, it's been in the past five years. Back in November of 2016, it was down to close to $36. But it's trending down, and it's trending down sharply. But hey, at least you get that Cat Mountain, wow, for $20. Yeah, it's 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 a lost cause. The only the only solution here would be to just get the board gone, including uh, Mr. Kodak, and uh, signing it off to what would be that union they started, ABK, a better Activision Blizzard and King. For start, like I mean, a, I mean, I'll, that's the last. That's a that's the last hope they have, honestly. And Kodak has to go. The HR oh, he's, 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 he's already gone, right? He's not gone yet. Not literally, but I mean, there is no salvaging this. 
you can just consider him gone. One of two things is going to happen. Either A, he has enough blackmail material on other board members that he's going down with the ship, which is very possible. Or B, the logical choice, which is he's gone. But in order for Activision Blizzard to survive, Kotick's got to go. There's no other way around it. I'd also assume that there's got to be members on the board that are blindly loyal to him. They've also got to go. With no regardless of however it goes. All right. They they got to go. Like that you, is how it is. Like you've got to do a massive amount of gutting to the company and quite frankly, if you're a fan of Blizzard games, Here's what I would do. Forget they exist for the next year. Because it'll get, it'll bring you nothing but sadness. That I don't know how else to look at this. It's either that or just stick to Burning Crusade Classic. Because they can't mess that up, right? Right? Uh, they did. Uh, all right. Well, now I'm thoroughly depressed. We're going to take a break here when we come back. An FBI server has been hacked and sending out fake scam notices saying you've been hacked. You just can't make this up. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Once again, I want to thank Seven Sins for joining me and providing his insight on both the Streamlabs story and with uh, the absolute train wreck that is Activision Blizzard. Again, I highly recommend you check him out. Twitch.tv slash 7S, the number one NS. And there's going to be a big, big, big event that starts in just a couple of weeks this year is going by fast but i guess every year seems super fast when the year 2020 lasts a grand total of 84 years oh man the incentives on it real real talk though for for a second if i can go ahead and into that a bit more the incentives this year are just kind of nuts the kind of things they have planned actually trying to do penance funny enough i actually met seven when he first did penance it was the first time i found his stream he was on the front page and doing penance for the very first time and this was like seven years ago or something like that it is crazy the kind of power that's required for that boss and the amount of precision that is needed for it. But back to the tech. There are fake hacking warnings coming from a secure FBI server. So apparently an FBI server was hijacked 
by hackers and being used to send fake warnings to various computers all around the world. And, well, it looks super legit because it actually is, if you trace it, coming from an actual FBI computer server. Needless to say, the issue is being looked into and is being solved if it has not already. The, the story I have, honestly, is almost a full week old. There has been no update yet on this site from VOA News that it has been solved, but I can you imagine the FBI letting something like this go for this long? No, if anything, they would have just pulled the plug on that server and then throw it out. If anything. To clarify, not only are the pop-ups show, showing up in kind of your traditional sense, but the alerts are also coming through the actual email server itself. So that actually is very, very very extremely very concerning so so you know out there if you go ahead and you get an email from the fbi either panic or panic actually just panic but if it does sound very suspicious and filled with grammatical errors there is i'd say about a 50 50 chance that that it's uh a scam that it's fake. In other oddball news, Amazon may in fact drop Visa as a partner, as a U.S. credit card option in the U.K. Now, the, the article headline here from Reuters is kind of, what? Because they're implying that Visa is not going to be accepted at all by Amazon, period, global, globally. But no, this is particularly in relationship to payment providers provided in the UK. The reason being is that, well, apparently the transaction fees that Visa requires in the UK are apparently crazy high. Now, while I do have some experience with payment providers as a business owner, pretty much here in the States, almost every single credit card is processed the same and charged almost the exact same rate. It doesn't matter whether you would do where if you were to find my shop and pay with a visa card or a MasterCard or an American express or whatever, I'm charged the same percentage pretty much no matter what. I have no idea what the heck is going on in the UK. Things are very, very, very bizarre. And I imagine there's something much more going on here. Someone in chat asked if this is a Brexit thing. It could be. I don't know. Now the article actually does go on to say that surcharges on customers using visa cards in Singapore and Australia have been, um, also 
been comically high. So Brexit, probably not the reason this is happening. It actually sounds like just the relationships of the foreign branch of Visa is just souring with Amazon and most likely other payment providers as well. It could also just be Visa throwing their weight around because it's Visa. They pretty much have like a duopoly between Visa and MasterCard. They are the two pretty much de facto standards. Unless you're a cryptocurrency enthusiast, then there's no helping you. You you just, you've drunk the Kool-Aid and now you're just going to keep drinking it. So it's going to be interesting to see if foreign outlets of Amazon start denying one of the biggest payment providers out there. Now, this could actually result in a good thing all around. Amazon is a massive company. There's no other way to say it. Amazon does have the weight to say, hey, if you don't lower this, then we're just not going to, then we're just not going to allow you. That's then going to start causing consumers who do have a choice in the matter to consider whether their card is a Visa or a MasterCard or an Amex or a Discover or a whatever. I actually have no idea how many different credit card brands there are out there. I just know that Visa and MasterCard are pretty much the two de facto standards pretty much everywhere in the Western world, possibly even the Eastern world. So this is going to be a very, very fascinating little showdown that has the deadline date of January 19th, 2022. Yeah, someone else in chat also pointed out that... um, Amazon doesn't accept PayPal either. It's just their own internal payment processor. That's it. That's another problem in all this. Out of curiosity, um, people in the live chat right now that are familiar with um, payment processors... Do outlets over across the pond accept Cash App? While I'm waiting for the answers to come in, Cash App, for those who are unaware, is kind of an upstarter that pretty much has taken on a very TikTok style of advertising, trying to be as viral as possible. And basically, rather than giving a reason to accept their currency as being safer or superior in any way, shape, or form, basically just goes out on, like, Twitter and saying, hey, you can get a cool card and also just retweet at us and we'll and one of you lucky people will get, get like, $1,000. I see it all the time. We have, we have two people in chat saying no. So I'd say that's probably most likely true. So you have that element as well. Of course, you know, being in the U.S., it's pretty difficult for me to go ahead and try to spoof being across the pond and trying to make a purchase to see what is available to me. But that is the situation with 
Amazon. While that's going on for Amazon, here in the States, we have a story that makes me wonder just how much in the... How far behind is my area in technology? Apparently, there are terminals called Amazon One that will go ahead and scan your palm to check to see if you have, if you're authorized for entry for, say, like a ticket concert venue. You'd buy the ticket online, it's then signed to your palm. You just walk up and scan your palm, and then you'd be let in. See, here in my neck of the woods, we are a bunch of troglodytes that use this foreign object called paper to print off tickets. And back when we were allowed to be outside, we would use those tickets to also, you know, enter the venue, whether it be for a theater or for a concert or for a sports ball game or whatever. But apparently a lot of places use this palm recognition system and more and more people are starting to push back saying that this is a breach of privacy. Now, here's the question. Oh, someone in chat actually brings up a very good point and I actually forgot about this. Our recent arena just adopted this too. Uh, digital tickets are now all the hype and just having an app on your phone that brings up the ticket and then scans it with the NFC built in your phone, which means if you have an old iPhone, you're SOL because man, Apple was just, I don't know what was with Apple and NFC, but they were so reluctant to put in NFC in their phones for the longest time. It is mind blowing how long they waited. It is just incredible. But yes, activists are pushing back against the Amazon palm scanning technology for tickets and access. So my thoughts. If you're going to push back against Facebook scanning your face, it is hard to defend the existence of a palm scanner. But at the same time, we do use biometric scanning for security all the time. Our phones have fingerprint readers in them for crying out loud. In high security er areas that basically are military only or a Hollywood set, you have retina scanners, which I have no idea how secure those are. So a palm reader for security, I guess it's not that out of the norm. Someone in chat asks, does this also come with a palm reading app on it to predict your future? Here we go. Asking the real questions. You have been authorized to see Justin Bieber. Also, this line here says you will meet a handsome man after you leave this place angrily. That is what we need in our ticket scanning functions. So, I guess where I stand on this is, 
I don't know. Because I can kind of see this already is very similar to technology we already have. On the other hand, it is a lot of information. Your entire palm read is being scanned. And then, of course, there's the issue of, oh, well, you're being tracked. I, I hate to say it. I really do. But that ship sailed long, long ago. The you're being tracked ship, as much as I wish there was still fighting back on it, we lost that fight. We'll keep fighting. We'll keep f fighting back the, the tracking movement. We're getting some foot ground, but that fight was over back in 2009. It's just the sad truth. And I wish it wasn't. I wish them all the best of luck fighting against the tech. But in the end, let's be honest, the, Am the Amazons and the Apples of the world, they've won this one. And there's not a whole lot we can really do about it. But if you want to win for the everyman, I present to you the Apple self-service repair program, which has a very, very unfortunate acronym. I'm not going to pronounce it because I want to pretend I live in a world where I don't have to go back and scan all of the audio and sensor things. But you, you can spell. You, you can spell. This program is supposed to bring available parts, tools, and manuals for all Apple devices, starting with the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13, which current, which the iPhone 13, in case you haven't been paying attention, is the, is the most current version of the iPhone. So that now anyone including if you're a clip art person with terrible proportions can go ahead and repair your own pro your own device which by the way their little clip art here of showing an african american woman with the with both the broadest and most rounded shoulders ever and then we get a phone call interruption and now that we got that phone distraction out of the way by the way wanted to try and sell car insurance from a random dead cell phone number totally legitimate call i love them so much especially right now when there is so much work related stuff going going on to try and squeeze as much in before the holiday break and the entire town is a little bit on edge right now after certain news that is not tech related so we're not going to talk about it but in any case, back to the self-service repair program. It's basically everything you'd kind of hope for. It is supposed to be able to provide parts, including screens, logic boards, and batteries and cameras for the iPhone. And it'll be available later next year. So in the year 2022. And on its surface, it is everything we asked for. 
so everyone who is pro right to repair they're cheering we're popping champagne right let's cheer let's pour pour it out and let, let's let's celebrate right yeah no because we are we've been burned once when we had the independent repair program that Apple launched and it was everything that they promised before. And then it turned out the only thing that was available were screens and batteries for older iPhones, nothing for MacBooks at all or Macs in general. You couldn't have parts in your shop. So you couldn't say, oh, hey, we, re we replaced a lot of batteries. I cannot keep under that program Apple batteries in stock and do the repair on site. I have to then take down the customer's information, order the battery from Apple. It'll come to me a week later. So as a repair shop, I can't provide any repair for a week minimum. Whereas you could go to the unauthorized shop down the street that is doing it off the Apple books and get service the same day. It was an inferior program. And by the way, by the way, on top of all that, even if you joined the program and then quit, you were subjected to random searches within five years after leaving the program by Apple. And if you had anything that Apple considered contraband, you, were st you would still get a fine. That was actually in the agreement. Whether it's a lawful agreement or not is still, you know, up in the air. But that's the kind of help the repair industry has gotten from Apple. Which basically was a giant blatant lie. Completely and utterly useless. So, when it comes to this one, by the way, we're just going to go ahead and uh, wait and see. Someone in chat says, before someone says, just form a new company, someone did that and Apple rated that LLC anyway. Yeah. I also want to point out in uh, Apple's official press release announcement, not only do we have this very misshapen uh, African-American woman that I, I can't get over the, the, the size of this. So you got like a super puffy sweatshirt or something on this, which the proportions bother me, but it bothers me nowhere near as much as her anti-static wristband connecting to this anti-static mat that is not grounded at all. This isn't protecting any static whatsoever. This is almost as bad as The Verge saying put on your anti-static wristband and then put on a Livestrong bracelet. It's doing the exact same to protect it. Folks, don't, don't do this. That's how most mats, someone in chat says that's how most mats look though. The thing is that most mats, what they do is that, and I have one of these mats and I've used one of these mats. What you do is that you have the mat, 
it has a wire coming off the mat and you connect that to something that's grounded. And then you'd have an outlet on the mat itself. It's like a little thing that like snaps on and you snap your anti-wrist strap band into that or you alligator clip it to the mat if you hate your mat and want to put permanent damage into the mat like they're doing in this clip part. Like that bothers me about this one. And it's very nitpicky because it is in fact just a quick clip art. They go ahead, they went ahead and paid some guy five bucks to go whip up. And I'm being super, super petty about it. I fully admit that. But it still bothers me. And it's my show and I'm gonna gripe about something that bothers me if I choose to. But again, I know it's petty. Now with that said, why? Why is this coming out now? Well, apparently there is a, a shareholder resolution that potentially came out recently that tried to go ahead and push Apple to be against or tried to go ahead and push Apple in this direction of uh, doing away with its anti-repair practices. Finally, it's starting to click. If you're going to go ahead and preach about being as pro-environment as possible, maybe making devices that are unrepairable and are destined to die is a bad idea. And maybe instead we should be more open and at least, you know, make money on the parts to keep these devices alive. But then of course the question becomes, well, they're a hardware company. And if you make your products more repairable, you're going to lose out on a lot of revenue. That's going to hurt the bottom line, right? Well, keep in mind, in the case of Apple, you've been seeing the transformation lately. They are becoming less and less and less about the hardware. They have always been focused on the marriage between their hardware and their software that is fine-tuned for the hardware. The previous model before was this as well, but the software was just a given. It's what makes the hardware perform at peak efficiency. But we've been seeing this more and more lately about how there have been more and more subscriptions, more and more ways to get a constant cash flow out of a user, even if that cash flow is only, you know, $5 a month. You multiply that by the millions that use Apple products. This becomes a not, it becomes a substantial amount of money. You then take in the cuts you're getting from the Apple App Store, and which is why, by the way, they are fighting tooth and nail to keep their 30% cut of in-app transactions theirs. They're trying to do everything they can to make sure that gravy train still flows. So why not be easier on repair? Why not actually take care of the biggest criticism the company has in being anti-repair 
while still trying to scream about being pro-environment. It's a brilliant move on Apple's part. Assuming there isn't a poison pill in the program. And unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, we're not going to know until later on down the road. We're going to take our final break here when we come back. We have EV stories, including Ford thinking they have solved all things chip related. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So, while Apple is working on repairability, there's some more rumors about a potential Apple electric vehicle or EV that is coming out. So for those of you who are hoping we are going to make a breakthrough announcement that there was going to be a 10th evolution for the new Pokemon Arceus, I'm sorry to disappoint you. I do not have that exclusive. Unless you want to hear about my fictional Ford pickup truck EV that is part Fox or something dumb like that that I made up on the fly. But this potential EV coming from Apple... may in fact arrive as early as the year 2025, which may or may not be 87 years down the road at the rate that time is passing. So what would an Apple EV look like as I fumble around with two quarters that I should stop doing? Well, it will have certain features omitted as they go ahead and re-envision what the vehicle will look like. Certain features like the steering wheel and the gas pedal may in fact just be missing entirely. In fact, there may not even be a driver's seat at all technically as pretty much every seat in the vehicle will end up being a passenger seat and the whole vehicle just drives itself. And can we just admit something real quick? Is this not the most, does that not sound like the most Apple thing ever? Like we've been hearing that for a while from self-driving activists, which by the way, your self-driving isn't there yet. It's close. It is close, but we're not there yet. And until we are, stop messing with my steering wheel, Elon. Stop giving me a freaking you for a steering wheel and stop taking away my stocks. You are making the vehicle more dangerous to drive manually. Stop it. If it's a manual drive car, just give me the things I need to drive it manually. Freaking touch button turn signals. That one still annoys me the most. The yoke steering wheel I can get around, but the the lack of a turn signal, just just why? (laughs) 
Someone in chat said, give it a stick. Oh, that, that would be amazing. I want to, I want to go ahead and see Elon Musk put in a manual transmission in a one gear, a one gear vehicle just for the sake of doing it. The worst part is I joke about that. But part of me could also see Elon doing it, despite the fact it's very much not minimalistic, putting in just like a manual stick that does nothing other than change it from park, reverse, and drive. But just do it because it's, it feels better. So in the end, we'll just have to wait and see how this all turns up for Apple. I do not doubt at all that Apple is working on an autonomous electric vehicle. We have been hearing these rumors for what feels like 84 years. So we'll just have to wait and see what kind of power Apple has in the automotive world. But they still have to get over the hurdle of there are no chips to build vehicles with. They also have to get around the fact that there are already Titans in the EV space. Namely, you have Tesla, you have Rivian, and you have Ford. Speaking of Rivian, by the way, someone in chat asked, do we get an Apple repair program on that EV? Let's first even see if they can even give us the ability to repair our phones first before we start wondering if there's going to be a... Ah, that's good tea. If there's going to be the ability to repair our own Apple car. So here's a story that's actually very, very predictable for anyone who remembered this deal even happened. Ford contracted out and made an investment in the startup Rivian to potentially down the road make a collaboration vehicle that was going to be all electric for Ford's Lincoln brand. But in the end, what happened was, well, Rivian got an injection of cash. They went ahead and developed their pickup truck, but Rivian took so long to do it that Ford may yet still beat Rivian to the punch of having an electric pickup truck on the road. Ford has now, now has one electric vehicle on the road in the Ford Mach-E, which is an electric crossover that is more... The Mach-E is a weird vehicle because it looks like a big uh, Mustang, but it still has like the height and clearance of like a crossover SUV. And it's like, you see a picture of it and it seems like, oh, that's, that's terrible. Why is that a Mustang? And once you see it in person... It is nowhere near as bad as you would have thought it would be. Like real talk after seeing a Mustang in the wild, uh, um, a Mustang Mach-E in the wild, I could see myself driving that. I really could. And it actually is a fairly decent vehicle. It's just I currently have $5 in my pocket. So I'm not going to get one. While Ford has that going for them, they also have 
the Transit E, or the E-Transit, I believe it's actually called, which is an all-electric van. And that is actually starting to roll out now. In addition, Ford early next year is also launching the F-150 Lightning, a custom F-150 pickup truck that is also all-electric. And it actually, and again, these are all very compelling vehicles. The F-150 Lightning looks very, very good, very, very feature-packed. It's not scrints down at all, other than the fact its range is only 250 to 300 miles, or some slightly higher number in kilometers. And the fact, of course, there's no engine, so you're going to need some ability to charge it. And that's going to be the biggest hurdle for all of these electric vehicles, is the ability to charge them. Tesla has, an, has a fantastic network out there, and we're starting to see Tesla finally, underline, finally, start to allow other vehicles to use their network. Which, once they do, big plus. But yes, the whole plan of Ford having Rivian make an electric Lincoln for them, it now seems very pointless since Ford seems very, very capable and is well on their way to having a respectable electrical electric vehicle division. And not like a fake one like General Motors has right now in which they're saying, no, it's, it's coming totally. A, a real electric vehicle's coming. We're almost there. By the way, here's the bolt. It goes 80 miles. LOL. And also looks like a shoe. Or Nissan, who... Uh... What is going on at Nissan? I actually don't even know. They're like the car company that barely exists. You like hear about them occasionally. It's like, hey, we put out of this. Oh, hey, that looks pretty cool. Anyway. So Rivian and Ford parting ways, not at all surprising. I am still very, very curious to see how well Rivian survives. Because they have a very interesting product, but it's very expensive. Starting at 60 grand. It's incredible. Production, of course, however, is going to always be the hardest hurdle for these EV manufacturers to overcome, especially since the supply of silicon is very, very low. We're not going to get a relief until we start seeing these foundries really, these brand new foundries pick up and help pick up the slack. Everything's running at 100%. But don't worry. Ford and Global Foundries have the solution. Global and Ford, Global Foundries and Ford are are partnering up to address the auto the auto chip supply and meet the growing demand. And how are they going to do this, you ask? How is their strategic collaboration going to do this? Well, it's very simple. Amazing! Amazing plan! It's fantastic! Look at how well it goes! I'm not even kidding. The entire 
press announcement is basically one giant nothing. It is just Global Foundries and Ford saying we're going to partner up to solve this problem. How? The problem right now is not the fact that there isn't communication between the two. The problem right now is the fact that every single foundry on the planet is operating at maximum capacity. The first thing that they need to do is just say, we're going to go ahead and build more foundries and they should be up in a couple of years. Now, there, now, before we just start dismissing this as nothing, there could be something going on behind the scenes that they're not, tell, they're not talking about. There could be, you know, some custom chips that are easier to manufacture that could replace some of the more complex chips that are being used for a lot of these devices. Something like that could be going on behind the scenes. The thing is, is that this announcement literally tells us nothing. At least with other solutions for how to solve the chip shortage, we at least have something. For example, I give you this story from Gamers Nexus, the fact that the RTX 2060 with 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 is apparently confirmed. According to Gamers Nexus. Ah, yes. We are going to go ahead and solve the chip shortage by reintroducing two-year-old GPUs. A fantastic and solid solution. But you know what the worst part is? They're not wrong. That's the sad part. That is the really sad part. I mean, right now, to not get absolutely hosed on a graphics card is pretty much impossible. You want to know how bad the graphic card problem is right now? For those who don't know, before I started podcasting, I used to refurbish computers. I would actually go out to lots of uh, former business computers that were on a two-year lease, buy up the pallet, wipe the drives, replace any parts that are broken, install a fresh copy of Windows that's more user-friendly, and resell them. That's what I did for the longest time. You want to know what I've noticed? There was a lot of 50 workstations. These are high-end desktops with high-end CPUs, usually Xeons. In fact, I think these were, in fact, um, hexacore Xeons that were in these suckers. But they also had NVIDIA Quadro, I want to say it was M2000 GPUs. These would be the equivalent of, uh, 
I want to say a GTX 750. I saw the entire lot sell. And then that lot come back without the graphic cards in them. That is the mad the level of madness we are dealing with. With how much people are desperate for GPUs. That a deal was made with the leasing company to buy only the graphic cards from these computers. And I know these guys. They're not like they're not like the, the kind of scummy high highest bidder sort of things. They price this stuff to move. They would much rather say, you know, hey, you you want to buy this lot? We'll make a good price on it. We'll sell you for this much. We only want the graphic cards. We'll give you this much. It's like, hey, look, I'll match that, but you're taking the whole thing. It's like, no, we only want the GPUs. They care more about getting the stuff out of their warehouse than it is to scalp, to, to scalp it all out for maximum profit. That's the kind of madness we're dealing with right now. It's crazy. And just to further cement the point of we're just taking whatever we can get our hands on right now, I bring you the latest Asus Vivo Book Pro laptop with RTX 3050 or... GTX 1650 graphics cards, depending on which model you get. In order to save costs, we'll go ahead and let you put in a GPU that is a full generation and a half old. Because that's all we can get our hands on. And we'd love to just say, hey, take the, six, the 3050 but they give the option of whatever they could get their hands on. And to make things even crazier, there's new models of the GTX 1650 coming out with GDDR6 because the industry is running out of GDDR5 memory. What is this world? Everything's made up and nothing makes sense. It is just absolute, complete, and utter madness. All right. I, I, I need some happiness. Let's instead go ahead and look at some, uh, some fun stories. Let's talk about the NFT Bay. A new website that came up called the NFT Bay is basically a ripoff of the Pirate Bay, except every single half-baked artwork that was sold as an NFT and sits as a link on the Ethereum and Solana blockchains were copied and put into a massive 20 terabyte torrent. For anyone to download. 
quite an impressive heist. Not going to lie. Now, in all fairness, I do actually have some mixed feelings on this. All right. Contrary to the belief that I have no sympathy for NFTs, there is a problem with this. And the fact that you have blatantly taken artwork, put it into a collaboration, and gave no credit to the original artist. And in fact, are using it in a way that directly contradicts what the artist's intended use for it was. So you have that part of me that is conflicted with this. And it is, you know, it's a problem. It is, in, the, in fact, stolen artwork. That being said, this is also... The whole thing's a scam. We've talked about in the past about how NFTs as a whole are... What you're buying is that you're just buying a serial number and a link that that serial number is just going to a, this is going to the host site that will probably shut down at once there's no value left. Now, of course, there's also one other big factor in all this. What percentage of the NFTs out there were also stolen artwork themselves. I've talked about this time and time again. There is nothing stopping anyone for taking any artwork, whether it was their creation originally or not, uploaded as an NFT, and selling it. A large percentage and currently an unknown percentage of these NFTs are stolen artwork. Others are just traced artwork originally done with a slight edit to make a giant chain of these NFTs that if you're a pure Kool-Aid drinker, you believe is worth thousands of dollars, despite the fact that the original artist of this put in a grand total of 10 minutes of work. And quite frankly, it shows on a lot of these. It's why the art community absolutely hates NFTs. The only people in the art community that don't hate NFTs are those who profit from it. And it really is just this giant cycle of half-baked artists wanting to make a quick buck and who cares about the end result selling these true believers of the blockchain a bill of ghouls that... Uh, a, a, uh, Selling them a a concept that is basically false on its face because all you're selling them is a token and a link. That's it, which shows no ownership once this once the original host site goes down at all. And 
And in the end, the people who are just the pure believers in this are the losers in it. And their naivete is preyed upon by these artists. It is a very scummy circle. So to see this whole thing kind of happen to that NFT culture, it's very hard for me to feel sympathy for them. It really is. Especially since no matter how much I get behind this mic, no matter how much I get in my soapbox, no matter how much I try to shout from the rooftops and many other people like myself that try to go out there and expose what kind of terrible bill of goods this is, we're not believed. No one wants to listen because I have this monkey and it's my profile picture now and I own it and its value only rise up because that guy told me so and he wouldn't lie to me, right? 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 But of course it's okay because The blockchain knows all. The block, everything is, knows everything. The blockchain will never go away. Oh yeah, and, and let's not forget the fact that just by the sheer existence of an NFT token, it is constantly being circulated throughout the entire blockchain, its entire track, its entire transfers always being tracked. And just by its sheer existence, puts stress on the blockchain, which means more power consumption by people mining cryptocurrency that's what mining is you are supporting the existence of the blockchain just a friendly reminder that not only is this terrible scam just profiting people trying to sell a false bill of goods but it is also just wasting power by its sheer existence but it's okay because it's decentralized and as a result, it is impossible to steal anything the, because the blockchain never lies, right? You can't steal cryptocurrency, right? Canadian police arrest teen for stealing $36.5 million worth of cryptocurrency in one of the biggest crypto thefts involving a single person. Police say that the recent arrest of a teen who allegedly stole 46 million Canadian ruples or roughly 36.5 million freedom dollars worth of cryptocurrency in a s was found in Hamilton, Ontario, which is about an hour west of Toronto. The owner of the currency was a victim of a SIM swap attack in their cell phone and was used to hijack the phone using for a two-factor authentication request and got a hold of the account of the wallet that way and used it to just transfer the funds. But of course, it's decentralized. There's no one to go to and say, hey, my wallet was stolen. 
how do I get my $36 million worth of cryptocurrency back? Well then. You know what's even better about this? And people in the chat just kind of pointed this out. Some of the money stolen was used to purchase a, quote, rare online gaming username, which is what eventually allowed the Hamilton Police Service to, as well as the FBI and U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force to identify the account holder. I mean, I guess if you're a teen and you have no concept of the value of actual money in any sort of real sense, why not go ahead and use it to purchase a, quote, rare online gaming username? So loves to fart 69420 blaze it. I hope it was worth it for you to go ahead and get that username. I actually have no idea what the username that was purchased to be perfectly honest all i know is that better not be mine i do not want to find out that the name eagle falcon is apparently worth 29 million usd in cryptocurrency that would make me feel really really bad especially since you know there's only five dollars in my wallet but with all this nonsense in the crypto world i bring you the last burb the last story of the day the weirdest story of the week the LA Lakers home arena for the NBA is going to be renamed the crypto.com arena in a $700 million deal. All right, look, I know this is a checked, uh, a, a tech channel. I know this is a tech podcast. And I know I'm a, I know I'm I know I'm a Wisconsin knight. And most people who know me know I'm a Packers fan. Not a diehard, not not a blindly loyal one, one that's willing to call out the BS. But let me tell you something. I will absolutely call out my home team if they ever, ever are dumb enough to go ahead and accept a name purchasing deal for a cryptocurrency site. And I know our, our, our Milwaukee Bucks just recently won, run the World Series, and I should all be proud of the NBA and all that sort of jazz, and hey, you know, home team spirit and whatnot. But you know what? I am super glad I decide to still turn my back on the NBA, especially when you have... The crypto.com arena. Oh boy. What a crazy, crazy world we live in. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, thank you, Seven Sins, for joining me for the first half of the podcast. Again, check them out. Twitch.tv slash 7S, the number one NS. Final Fantasy Fiesta, his race through the entire franchise is going to be beginning in what 10 days 10 days in fact also i can encourage you to check out my own work the early burb briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb briefing 
Burb spelled B-I-R-B. And check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. We record this podcast live. Take care. And hopefully you have a great day. Guys, I figured it out. I figured out how to save Blizzard. All right, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. All right, all right, here's what we do. First, we go ahead and we start our own cryptocurrency. We call it the Fire Kotick Bucks. All right, we start that cryptocurrency and then we go ahead and we get a pound of weed over to Elon Musk to go ahead and promote this cryptocurrency. We have it go viral. And then all everyone's going to keep saying is fire Kotick, fire Kotick. We get rid of Kotick and then we turn Blizzard into a cryptocurrency company rather than a games company. It still means everything's doomed, but at least then Bobby Kotick doesn't get his third yacht. It's a flawless plan. And if they actually do take it, I want to cut. I'm just saying.